Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 4. In this chapter, the Ark of the Covenant is captured by the Philistines. We also have the death of Eli the high priest and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Let's begin by reading the first 18 verses of the chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines, and encamped beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped at Aphek. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the Ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter, and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. Also the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line the same day and came to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. Now when he came, there was Eli sitting on a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried out. When Eli heard the noise of the outcry, he said, what does the sound of this tumult mean? And the man came quickly and told Eli. Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. Then the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle, and I fled today from the battle line. And he said, What happened, my son? So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. Then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died. For the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel 40 years. Let's begin our study this morning with some background notes. We read in verse 1 that Israel went out to battle against the Philistines. Throughout the books of 1 and 2 Samuel, we will read a lot about the Philistines. They were Israel's perennial enemy all during the days of Samuel, Saul, and David. Remember, David fought Goliath, the Philistine giant. The Philistines were people who had migrated to the land of Canaan from Crete and other islands and settled along the Mediterranean coast, the area that is called the Gaza Strip today. 
We read of the Philistines as early as the time of Abraham in Genesis, but they gained significant military strength near the end of the time of the judges. Remember Samson and the Philistines. We see that the Philistines, who were camped in Aphek, came and made war with Israel, who were camped at Ebenezer. This would be within 10 miles of where Tel Aviv is today. Israel was defeated in this battle and lost about 4,000 men in the fighting. Israel then regrouped and had Hophni and Phinehas, the priests, bring the Ark of the Covenant into the camp for the second battle. But Israel was defeated again with the loss of 30,000 more men, including the death of Hophni and Phinehas as predicted by the man of God back in chapter 2. And the Ark of God was taken by the Philistines. When Eli, the high priest, heard that the ark had been taken, he fell backwards off his seat and died of a broken neck. Verse 18, once again. Then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate and his neck was broken and he died, for the man was old and heavy and he had judged Israel 40 years. Notice the end of verse 18 says that Eli judged Israel 40 years. So Eli was not only the high priest in those days, but he also functioned as a judge in Israel before Samuel's time. Well, so much for background. Let's move now to our doctrinal teaching points for this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 4. Doctrinal point number one. The Lord's people are defeated when they turn away from God. The Lord's people are defeated when they turn away from God. Israel was defeated by the Philistines in the first battle, and they asked the question in verse 3, why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Well, the answer to their own question should have been obvious to them. It is certainly obvious to us as we read the record. We don't read of Israel praying to the Lord or seeking God's guidance in any way before this battle. They trusted in self-confidence rather than turning to the Lord. We learn from the end of chapter 3 and the beginning of chapter 4 that Israel now recognized Samuel as a prophet and knew that Samuel spoke the word of the Lord. But we don't read of Israel consulting Samuel for counsel before this battle. In fact, we don't find Samuel mentioned again until the beginning of chapter 7, which is about 20 years later. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroths from among you, and prepare your hearts for the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroths, and served the Lord only. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. In other words, Up until this time, Israel was not obeying the Lord and not following the Lord. No wonder Israel was defeated by the Philistines. Israel had turned away from the Lord. The revival in Israel under Samuel doesn't come until chapter 7. At that time, the people finally put away their foreign gods and turned back to the Lord and began to obey the Lord, and the Philistines were defeated. Now, the lesson for us should be obvious. The Lord's people are defeated when they turn away from God. Let me ask you this morning, are you suffering defeat in your life as a Christian right now? Is it possible that you've turned away from the Lord? 
Now, I don't mean that you've given up the faith and are now leading a life of sin. No. But what about your priorities? Are you neglecting your spiritual responsibilities as a father or a mother, as a husband or wife, as a servant of the Lord? Have material possessions and the good life become foreign gods in your life? The Lord's people are defeated when they turn away from God. Doctrine point number two. The Lord's people are defeated when they play games with God. The Lord's people are defeated when they play games with God. After Israel was defeated in the first battle, they got the bright idea that if they brought the Ark of the Covenant with them into battle, they would be victorious. They probably remembered how Israel had conquered Jericho when the Ark of the Lord was in their midst and they marched around the walled city of Jericho. So when the Ark of the Covenant was brought into camp, Israel shouted with a great shout. Verse 5. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Even the Philistines trembled at the shout. They remembered the power of the God of Israel over Egypt. Another indication, by the way, that all of those miracles in Egypt were not just later Jewish additions, as the liberal critic of the Bible likes to say. But God let his people be defeated a second time. Why? Why not? There was no repentance or self-judgment on the part of the people. There was no turning back to the Lord. They were just using the Ark of the Covenant in a superstitious way. There was no faith involved, as when the children of Israel circled Jericho with the Ark in their midst. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30 says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. But there was no faith here associated with the Ark of the Covenant when Israel went to battle against the Philistines. They were just playing games with God, thinking they could placate God by using the Ark of the Covenant as a good luck charm. No wonder God allowed his people to be defeated again. The Lord's people are defeated when they play games with God. Do we play games with God? Are we superstitious? Do we try to placate God? Oh, we would all say, no, of course not. What about thinking you're more protected from evil if we wear religious symbols? Crosses or religious medals? What about making sure we go to church on the Sunday before an important job interview? What about giving money to the Lord when we just want to manipulate God or put the pressure on God to see it our way? Let's be careful that we don't make the mistake of thinking we are pleasing God when we are just playing games with God. We will not have victory and enjoy God's blessing if we are just trying to placate God. The Lord's people are defeated when they play games with God. Practical application. Let's not give the name Ichabod to any of our churches or children. Let's not give the name Ichabod to any of our churches or children. Verses 19 through 22. Now Eli's daughter-in-law, Phineas' wife, was with child, due to be delivered. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth, for her labor pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the women who stood by her said to her, Do not fear, 
for you have born a son. But she did not answer, nor did she regard it. Then she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God has been captured, and because her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. Ichabod in Hebrew means no glory. The wife of Phineas named her son Ichabod as she died in childbirth. Not because she died, and not just because her husband was killed, and not just because Eli had died, but because the ark of God was taken from Israel. The glory had departed from Israel. Now let me ask you, can that happen in our churches and families today? Yes, it can. How sad when the glory of the Lord departs. Once vibrant churches have had to close their doors because the people no longer give the Lord any time or devotion. Once godly families, now in the second and third generation, no longer have a heart for God. The things and success of this world are more important to them. Now, we would never literally name any of our churches or children Ichabod, At least I hope we wouldn't. But we certainly do, spiritually speaking, when we no longer walk with the Lord. And as a result, the glory and blessing of the Lord depart from our fellowships and families. Let's not give the name Ichabod to any of our churches or children. 